Good morning. You may be seated. As you're seated, I want to give you a heads up. We had a, one of our missionaries contact us this week, and they're actually going to be in town, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So we'll be having a lunch, uh, time of lunch after the service with that missionary. We call those loaf and ladles here at Byfield. For those of you that may not be familiar, there are other things besides bread and soup. Generally, somebody uh, brings some macaroni uh, for the kids because uh, I know some, some kids aren't big soup eaters. So uh, we're really excited. It's going to be one of our missionaries from GTI, which is a missions group that we work with and support uh, that does really good work in India. So that will be exciting to have them here with us. There are a few songs that I remember hearing on the car radio when I was growing up. My parents would listen to a radio station called B97.5. It was an easy listening station that played the hits of yesterday and today. Now, most of the songs that stuck in my mind were either ones that got played repeatedly or ones that I found particularly funny. It's Another Saturday Night by Sam Cooke was one that got a lot of airtime. You guys know this song. It's Another Saturday Night and I Ain't Got Nobody. I got some money because I just got paid. How I wish I had some chick to talk to I'm in an awful way. That is both memorable and funny. Some chicks to talk to, I love that. Another song, You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker, made me laugh because of how emotional he gets at the end. Uh, actually, I sang this song one time very loudly in a Walmart to Anne before we were dating uh, to embarrass her. Just a fun fact, it has no bearing on the sermon at all. But there is one song from my childhood radio listening that I remember for how depressing it was. The song is Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. It tells the story of a father and son. As the son grows up, he wants to spend time with his dad. The dad never has time for the son. He's too busy with work. Multiple times in the song, the son says, I'm going to be like you, dad. You know I'm going to be like you. At the end of the song, the roles reverse. As an old man, the father wants to spend time with his son, but the son is now too busy with his own work. His ambition to be like his father has been attained. The song is pretty soul-crushing for easy listening. It describes a situation that is all too common. In recent weeks, we have been talking about work. Work is something that easily takes over our lives. It is a good thing that God has made us capable of, which has a tendency to take center stage in an unhealthy way. Today, we are going to talk about what happens when work becomes the main thing in our lives. 
If you would please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to read verses 18 through 24. Those verses will also be projected on the wall behind me. You can also use your personal Bible. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can turn to page 562. We will begin reading in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 18. Hear the word of the Lord. To whom then will you liken God? Of what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness." Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. These verses don't have much of anything to say about work at first glance. They have a lot to say about the things that we choose to obsess over and invest ourselves in. Ancient idol worshipers looked to the objects they worship to provide for their needs so that they could be happy and fulfilled. Idolatry today generally looks a bit different, but the goal is the same. For many, Work is an idol. It is a good thing that God has given us, but a good thing that is worshipped in place of God ends up being a bad thing. Christians must be careful to not make work the center of our lives. If we worship work above God, our lives will wither. In the previous weeks of this sermon series on work, I have talked about how, as people, we have an ingrained desire to work. We want to make things better to build and create. This desire is good. God gave it to us. Our capacity for work is a product of God's design. He commanded us to use it. Through carrying out our God-given desire to do work, we can make the world a better place. There are a million examples of this. If you have ever experienced an amazing homemade meal, you are a witness of the good that can come through the work of human hands. I could drive from here to California 
in three or four days. This is possible because of good roads and reliable cars. We are blessed by the work all sorts of people have done. As with any good thing God has given mankind, it is not uncommon for our good capabilities to get turned to bad purposes. Work is no exception. We separate the gift of work from the giver. We use the gift selfishly for our own purposes. God's intent for work is ignored. Instead of making the world a better place, the selfish work people do often makes it worse. There are also a million examples of this. The same human brain and hands that can create an amazing meal can also be used to cook up a batch of illegal drugs. A mind that could be used to write an amazing book instead propagates racism online anonymously. The same people that make smooth highways also make speed bumps. We see in today's verses how the good ability to do work can be used for ill. These verses describe a craftsman. This craftsman is highly skilled. He makes a carving of wood. It is probably an animal of some sort. Now, anybody that has ever tried to carve anything out of a block of wood can tell you this is not an easy thing to do. This artisan has probably spent years refining his craft. He has practiced for hours on end. The result of his work helps no one. It accomplishes nothing. It is a waste. Elsewhere in Isaiah, the prophet openly mocks the idols men work to create. He says, half of the wood he burns in the fire. Over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, ah, I am warm. I see the fire. From the rest, he makes a god his idol. He bows down to it and worships it. He prays to it and says, save me. You are my God. Not only do idols not help, they actually hurt. Idols get worshiped in place of God. This craftsman worked to create something that made the world worse. Work itself easily becomes an idol. An idol is something that comes about through human thought or effort that is worshiped in place of God. In our world, idols are not often little statues we worship. We are more advanced. Our idols are most often good things that we have made into ultimate things. We have no shortage of options to idolize. Personal beauty, family, a nice home, stability, success, money. 
Some even idolize their favorite sports team or player. Work is a particularly common idol because it has the potential to give us so many of the things we desire in this world. In the list of things people idolize, I just read multiple of them are within reach with the right job. Work can provide a nice home, stability, success, money, and many other things in this world. If a person worships work, there's a good chance it will give them some of what they seek in this world, whether it be stability, success, or a fancy car. This is a key difference between work and idols made of wood. No matter how much, pers- no matter how much a person offers to an idol made of wood, it cannot deliver anything in return. Whereas work can give people much of what they seek. In this way, it is more similar to money, which is another common idol. There's a good chance if you invest your whole life in work, that you will end up with much of what you have prioritized. There's an old joke that points out nobody's last words have ever been, I just wish I had worked more. This is an acknowledgement that nothing that can be accomplished through idolizing work can be taken with you into the next life. The world-weary author of Ecclesiastes writes, so I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. Work divorced from a higher purpose delivers nothing of lasting value. Our desires may get satisfied for a time. Before long, the bread that we have worked so hard for will turn to ash in our mouths. All forms of idolatry are built on the lie that personal satisfaction is contingent on getting some worldly thing. Eventually, this falsehood always gets exposed. It turns out the respect of peers that was supposed to result in happiness isn't all that satisfying. The money earned through work that was supposed to bring security becomes a source of anxiety. In addition to idols' failure to deliver what they promise in a lasting way, they also enslave those who worship them. This is true for work sometimes as well. Our world is filled with workaholics. It is one of the most common addictions at present. It doesn't get as much notice for being problematic because it is not thought 
to be as destructive as an addiction to alcohol, opiates, gambling, or porn. I would push back on the belief that being a workaholic isn't destructive. I've seen it destroy people's health. There are plenty of blue-collar workers whose bodies are physically broken through unceasing work. There are plenty of white-collar workers suffering from heart disease due to their constant worry over their work. Families are routinely destroyed when the mother, or more often the father, idolizes work. When this happens, it is tragic. Often fathers that idolize work do so because they want to care for their families financially. They pick up extra overtime shifts or they work long hours in pursuit of a promotion. They tell themselves they make these sacrifices so their family can have the newest shoes or a bigger house. What they don't see is that their being a workaholic is destroying the family they love. Even when separation occurs and divorce proceedings start, it is hard for those whose work has destroyed their lives to see that it is a huge part of the problem. So how do you tell the difference between someone who just works hard and someone whose work is an idol they worship? If you are unsure, you should ask the people closest to you. Just ask. You could also ask them if you prioritize your work over relationships in general. If you really want to know if you idolize work, you have to examine your own heart. Is work your source of identity? How does your perception of your success or failure at your job affect your emotional status? Does work fill a place in your heart God is supposed to inhabit? If you are someone who thinks they might be guilty of idolizing work, then you are probably correct. You should repent before it's too late. This might mean you work less. For some, it would even mean finding a different job, which could mean less money in a smaller house. This may sound like a lot to give up, but you will be better off for it. God must be prioritized over work. He is the only one worth working for. In the verses we read from Isaiah today, this point is made abundantly clear. Verse 21 and 22 say, Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in? God alone is worth working for. 
He is great and mighty. Everything else is nothing in comparison. Even the most powerful people that Isaiah was aware of in his world could not bring about anything that lasted through their work. Verse 24 compares the efforts of princes and rulers of the earth to crops. It says, scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them, God blows on them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. No independent human efforts can last. God will see all idols and false gods fall before him. The work we do apart from God will fall apart. The tempest of this world carries our work off like stubble. Instead of worshiping work, we are called to worship God through our work. Worship of God is supposed to be at the center of our lives. It is the primary reason we exist. All the other things we are capable of are in the service of this primary calling. Work is one of many ways God has made it possible for us to worship him. The two ideas, work and worship, have always been connected. The Hebrew word for work is avodah. In addition to being translated as work, it is translated as worship. Our desire should be to worship God through our work. This means we should work hard. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. We should not be like Cain, trying to pass off the inferior results of our labor to God as if we have truly worshipped him. Instead, we should be like Abel, offering up the best of our work. When work is a way we worship God, instead of what we worship, we can have a healthy relationship with it. Our successes will not take us too high. Our failures will not bring us too low. When work is going well, we will take satisfaction in knowing that we are giving God our best. When it is going poorly, we can have confidence that God's love for us is not dependent on our halting efforts or the results we can't control. Work being a means of worshiping God ensures work doesn't take over our lives. It is forced to fit with what God says throughout Scripture. Any work that doesn't align with what Scripture has to say is not pleasing to God. In the song, Cats in the Cradle, the son in the song bases his life of how his father goes about his work. 
The father didn't take time for the important things in life, so the son doesn't either when he grows up to maturity. Many of us might have had earthly fathers and mothers that modeled for us this sort of unhealthy idolatry for us towards work. Worshiping work ends poorly. It may give us what we seek temporarily, but cannot last. When our ability to work is used to create idols or becomes an idol itself, it is a misuse of the good that God has made us capable of. We are supposed to use work to worship God, not worship work in place of God. Thankfully, unlike the sun and cats in the cradle, we have a heavenly father that has provided us with an example of how to go about our work. Jesus is our example of what it looks like to worship through work. His work is to the glory of God. In Jesus' prayer in John 17, as he prepares to go to the cross, he is able to say, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Our goal is to likewise glorify God through our work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray for all of us here Um, If we are honest with ourselves, there's always a a temptation, always a tendency to glorify ourselves through the work that you have given us to do. And Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us. Not making work an idol isn't a one-time decision. It's an ongoing lifestyle, Lord. So I just pray that you would be with us. There are those here that may feel convicted about the extent to which they're idolizing work in in the present and that they need to repent, I pray that you would be with them and I pray that they would do so and take the necessary action, Lord. There are also those who don't have that concern in the present, but it will arise at some point in the future, Lord. So I pray that we would just continue to seek to glorify you in all of the work we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.